Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on Manitoba's potato crop. Also, Sean Sanko with the Canola Council of Canada will stop by to talk about swapping timing. And up first in today's country comments, we'll be joined by Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance with an update on corn and sunflowers. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance with an update on the province's corn crop. Some of the corn that I'm seeing now is still in the blister stage, um, which is still, it's, it's late for blister stage. It should be that maybe in late late July, um, very, very early August at the latest. So um, we're still obviously behind. Nothing's changed there. Um, some fields are still just trying to complete tasseling, but uh, the silks have emerged, so it's hard to tell from the road exactly what stage they're at, so it's good to get in there. Um, and, of course, there's going to be some further ahead than blister, too. It just depends on where you are and when you plant it. But it generally, the crop looks really great. I just wish it was um, earlier. Any issues, I guess, with, with any insects or, or disease concerns? I haven't seen anything yet, and I'm not really concerned about it this year um, unless something just pops up out of nowhere but generally we should be good to watch out for the normal um, gosses wilt, corn borer, maybe armyworm but they won't do too much anyways so no, low concern. And uh, talking about sunflowers, uh, saw one field with uh, starting to head out, um, where's the crop uh, sitting there? Yeah, majority is just starting to bloom. Um, I was in some fields this morning that were blooming beautifully and they were probably at our 5.5. Some might have been a little bit further, but that's an early planted um, set of fields. And yeah, generally I think in the next week you should start seeing more blooms on the road, which is good. All right. And um, overall sunflowers are, are looking good, you said? Or? Yeah. 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 I'm really happy with them this year. They look good. I'm a little worried about maybe smaller heads. I think there might be some, um, maybe not Seed issues would be the wrong word, but I just I think we might just not be seeing the big heads that we've been seeing the last few years. Right. And uh, what about uh, flax? Have we started seeing any any blooming there? Or? A lot of the blooming is complete um, with flax, so also depends that, that those seeding dates are all over the map too. So um, I think there are some that are still blooming, but generally I, my gut is that a lot of it is done flowering. Anything else to highlight, uh, Morgan, or...? No, just keep an eye out for your insects and diseases in sunflowers because now is the time that you really want to be protecting um, protecting the blooms and the plants from disease. So keep an eye out, and if anybody needs help, just give me a shout and I can help you out with it. But August is a hot spot for sunflowers. That was Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business says the federal government's plan to cut fertilizer emissions by 30% by 2030 must remain voluntary for Canadian agribusinesses. A recent CFIB survey revealed that nearly three quarters of farmers said the yield of their crops and overall food production will be reduced if the federal government required them to reduce their use of nitrogen fertilizer. Taylor Brown is policy analyst of Western Canada and agribusiness. We found that nearly half say that they've already optimized their nitrogen fertilizer use. A lot of them have done this by conservation tillage, soil testing, rotating and nitrogen fixing crops. A lot of them are using the 4R nutrient stewardship already. Really, you know, there's not a lot of room for them to 
further reduce any sort of fertilizer use. The federal government is currently conducting consultations on its plan to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Manitoba farmers are optimistic as we inch closer towards harvest. Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture talked about the province's potato crop. At the moment, uh, the potato crop looks very good everywhere. The tuberization or the number of uh, tubers per plant appear to be pretty good, very good actually. Many, many growers are very pleased with that. The sizing is also going very well. Now we have to cross our fingers that our harvesting is uh, in good conditions and we will have a very good crop. Irrigation is required in some areas. Bisht adds conditions for late blight are moderate to high risk due to the frequent rains. However, no spores have been detected. He says the chance of getting late blight is remote. The potato crop is about a week to 10 days behind schedule. And Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo has announced an investment of up to nearly $3 million to three national organizations to enhance animal welfare and tracking in the country. Animal Health Canada will receive up to $2.9 million to update national codes of practice for the livestock sector. The Canadian Cattle Identification Agency will receive over $52,000 to evaluate the use of ultra-high frequency scanners to read cattle identification tags. And the Canadian Poultry and Egg Processors Council will receive nearly $36,000 to update its animal welfare program for hatcheries to meet the requirements of the National Farm Animal Care Council's Code of Practice. Funding is flowing through the Agra Assurance Program. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, August 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Sean Sanko with the Canola Council of Canada will join us to talk about canola swapping timing. The Canola Council of Canada is recommending to cut canola later for higher yields. We get the details from agronomy specialist Sean Sanko. We want to be with the canola crop at uh, a minimum of 60% seed color change. Um, and that'll guarantee us the, um, you know, the best chance at the highest yield. Um, we, we've seen from uh, some of our surveys in the past here that over half the producers are cutting their crop um, before this timing. So, um, you know, in the past we've done work, we've seen from 30 to 40% compared to 60 to 70%, um, you know, over 10%. Um, yield gain by waiting for that, that seed color change. So that uh, it can make a big difference in your yield. You know, is there a reason why farmers maybe get out there a little bit too early? Or A lot of it is um, just, you know, harvest timing. It's a busy time of year. Um, you know, you want to get everything going and, and moving as fast as you can. But, um, you know, it's when you realize there's a trade-off and, uh, you know, a yield loss for, for moving, getting in there early, other reasons could be, you know, uh, something like frost coming in. There are times when it may be necessary to, to get in there and, and swath it a bit early if, um, you know, we see uh, adverse weather conditions coming. Now talk about, um, you know, what do farmers look for to, to get to that uh, that right timing there? As a 60% seed color change, um, if you, you go in and you want to be, you know, the field's variable, you want to be looking for some of the... Um, uh, latest maturing to make sure you're you're getting getting all that yield. So look for that spot um, and check multiple spots. But when you do it, you pull the plant, you pull a pod from the bottom, a pod from the middle, and a pod from the top. The bottom pod should be um, all seed color changed, brown, black seed. Uh, the middle as well, maybe a bit of green speckling yet. And then the top, the key is to make sure that all those seeds, they may be greener, but um, that they roll hard between your um, fingers and don't squash because it is the squash it, those would be the ones that dry down. Now, is there a difference between, um, you know, pod chatter and um, non 
pod chatter um, trade canola? It, it, it does make spot timing um, decisions easier. So, you know, like I mentioned, if you've got a variable field, um, you know, if you've got something that's uh, more resistant to pod shattering, um, it, you know, you can wait longer um, for those uh, greener areas to mature without having to worry about your um, areas that may be a little bit more riper uh, shelling out on you. All right. And um, I guess this would apply only to uh, to swathing and, and not to straight cutting? Yeah. Yep. The, the, the 6% seed color change for sure, yeah. And the straight cutting, you're waiting more for the um, the plant to dry down and for seeds to be, you know, in that uh, proper moisture to, to harvest. I guess any advice there on, you know, which which method is, is preferred, you know, swathing versus straight cutting, or it's just, I guess, up to up to the farmer? It's up to the farmer. I mean, um, you know, we've seen a lot of producers switch to straight cutting. Um, there are still some producers swathing, and then there's some that use a, a mix of it. It's just kind of what works best in their operation for, for their timing. Talk a little bit about um, uneven fields, you know, just making sure the, uh, the, uh, the canola field is, you know, kind of at the same stage, or, or what's important there? Yeah, so an uneven field, um, you know, you want to, it, it takes more time, but you you got to look around and, you know, find, you know, know your areas, know where there's a greener areas. Um, you know, a lot of times those greener areas may be the lower areas, a little higher moisture, and um, probably some of your, your, your better yielding spots. So just making sure that you're not, um, you know, swathing a field based on, um, you know, one or two areas that might be more mature and, and uh, giving up a lot of yield in those, those greener areas. That was Sean Sanko, an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The series Global Seeds Insight Tour takes place this week with stops in Beaujajur tomorrow and Begit on Thursday. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout the month of August, hours are 1 to 4 p.m. And Fall on the Farm takes place at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach on September 5th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, we get an update on the province's potato crop from Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture. At the moment, uh, the potato crop looks very good everywhere. Uh, the tuberization or the number of uh, tubers per plant appear to be uh, pretty good, very good actually. And uh, many, many growers are very pleased with that. The sizing is also going very well. Now we have to cross our fingers that our harvesting is uh, in good conditions and we will have a very good crop. So that is the overall assessment. There's plenty of moisture in the ground and we have got frequent uh, rains. which basically have met or nearly met the crop water demand for potatoes weekly. Uh, In some places, however, there is a need for irrigation. Uh, The insect population, especially the Colorado potato beetles, is uh, still an issue in uh, the southern part of Manitoba. However, some growers and crop consultants are Uh, reporting that uh, in other areas, uh, say, uh, they they are finding uh, Colorado beetles even after a foliar application, which suggests there may be some resistance developing in other areas as well. Uh, 
the conditions for lead blight are, uh, you can say, moderately to high risk conditions right now uh, because of uh, frequent rains. However, there is no spore of the lead blight. And so in the absence of the spores, the uh, chance of getting lead blight is very, very remote. The only place nearby to us that has reported lead blight is British Columbia. And um, after that, I think uh, we should know from the Alberta guys if they have lead blight. Because of the westerly winds, we could uh, expect, or not expect, but there is a probability of having it later in the season. So our growers need to be uh, vigilant and keep scouting. In terms of uh, you know timing, is, is the crop uh, pretty much on, on schedule here? Uh, that's a very good question. The crop is uh, probably a week to 10 days behind uh, uh, last year or the, you know, generally. So that is something that is uh, of some concern and uh, that could impact the total um, yields that we get. But it all depends on the end of season weather. Anything else to highlight here, uh, Vikram? Or? Uh, at the moment, uh, everything looks good. The crops that were you know, affected by heavy uh, rains are still not doing as well. And uh, uh, But hopefully something will come out from that too. That was Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture updating us on the province's potato crop. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture says the province's potato crop looks very good. Here's industry development specialist Vikram Bisht. There's plenty of moisture in the ground and we have got frequent uh, rains which basically have met or nearly met the crop water demand for potatoes weekly. In some places, however, there is a need for irrigation. The insect population, especially the Colorado potato beetles, is uh, still an issue in uh, the southern part of Manitoba. He adds conditions for late blight are moderate to high risk due to the frequent rains. However, no spores have been detected. Fish says the chance of getting late blight is remote. The potato crop is about a week to 10 days behind schedule. And the Canadian Federation of Independent Business is urging the government not to mandate a reduction in the use of nitrogen fertilizer. Policy analyst Taylor Brown revealed results of a recent CFIB survey. Nearly two-thirds of our agribusinesses say that a mandatory reduction of fertilizer use would decrease their profitability. You can look at, you know, the additional rising costs that they're facing, labor shortages. You know, some farmers are really wondering how they'll continue feeding the world and Canadians as well. The federal government is currently conducting consultations on its plans to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from nitrogen fertilizer by 30% below 2020 levels by the year 2030. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.